Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. And welcome to episode 109. And today I am speaking with Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Lily. We are calling this episode The Lucky NPE. And uh, by the way, it's nice to meet you. Well, it's very nice to meet you too. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my story. Of course, I I feel blessed every time I get to listen to an NPE share their story. I'm guessing by the name of this episode, I haven't heard your story yet, but it says the lucky NPE. So I <laughs> kind of feel like I know where this is going. <laughs> Start at the beginning for sure. me and and share with share whatever you would like about your your original family and then what has happened since finding out you were an NPE. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, Lily. And and before I start, I just want to thank you for not just giving me the opportunity, but, um, uh, you know, sh- sh- these stories have been so helpful for me and many of us and um, have really helped ground, um, you know, they've helped ground me and help me feel not so alone. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Mm, you're welcome. Yeah. All right. So um, my birth certificate father, I will I will refer to him as my dad because, um, you know, he's my dad and in every way but DNA. So um, he, um, my birth certificate father is my dad and I'll refer to my birth father as Mike. So I'm the oldest of two children. I was born in December of 1966. My mom was 19 when she got pregnant with me and when she gave birth to me. Uh, My dad was 22 years old. And then I have one brother who was born 19 months later. So my brother who I grew up with. So as I think back to what I knew then or learned as I got older about how my mom and dad met, um, you know, the story goes that my dad was dating a friend of my mom's and I think, I think they were in, they were seniors in high school. Um, my dad was living in a town nearby and with uh, his mother and, um, one of her husbands. <laughs> um, and I believe my dad met my mom's friend at a dance. So it was that way that he became part of their, you know, circle of friends or her circle of friends. So, Um, you know, anyway, somehow my mom and dad ended up together, you know, not the friend. And after my mom graduated from high school, she went off to New York City to go to school, to go to college. And my dad went uh, went to California to go to school there. So I believe they were still considered a couple, you know, albeit, you know, having a long distance relationship when my, um, you know, when my mom got pregnant and quit school and married my dad. So, Seemed like a pretty straightforward, straight up, that stuff happens sort of story <laughs> um, and nothing you know out of the ordinary there. Um, they were married in California and she was about six months pregnant with me. And after the wedding and a brief honeymoon, they drove back to Wisconsin where I grew up and where I still live today. 
So I think for several months after I was born, we lived with my maternal grandparents. And after we moved out of their home, we moved around quite a bit, living in various rentals um, in the city of Milwaukee. And I recall having, you know, a very happy, what I think is a pretty normal childhood. We didn't have a lot, um, but we didn't, you know, really want for anything. Um, my parents were young, you know, but we always had a roof over our head and we always had food on the table and we were absolutely loved. <clears throat> and um, I know my parents sacrificed financially so um, my brother and I could go to a private kindergarten and grade school. Um, we were very close with my maternal uh, grandparents and my brother and I spent a lot of time with them. We spent all our holidays with them and, you know, either at their house or at our house. And we spent many, many, many weekends at their house, you know, my brother and I together and often my brother and I alone, you know, switching off weekends so we could have them all to ourselves, you know, have our grandma and grandpa time. And, um, you know, those are moments that will, that I will definitely cherish forever. So we didn't really know my paternal grandparents. Um, they divorced when my father was a kid. I don't know how old he was, um, but my grandfather had remarried and, you know, he blended his kids with his new wife's kids and then they had one of their own. And, um, you know, after he retired from the army, they moved to California. And he passed away when I was pretty young. I was maybe, maybe I was five years old, I think. And I really have only one memory of um, having met him. And while my, uh, my paternal grandmother, she did live in Milwaukee, um, but she was an alcoholic and she was dealing with her own demons. And she didn't, um, you know, unfortunately really have much interest in knowing my brother and me. Um, and I remember one time, I think I was about 13 years old and my brother was, 12, my dad load us, load us up into the car and took us over to her house one day out of the blue, you know, surprising her, catching her off guard and introduced us to her grandchildren. Um, so that was a little strange. And I didn't, I maybe saw her once or twice, you know, after mm. that, before she passed away. Mm. Um, so our family was really small. I mean, my, it was my mom who was an only child um, my dad has uh, only one brother who didn't have any children of his own. Um, and there, you know, my dad has a, a half sister, but he's been estranged from her since their father died. So, you know, she and her family have never really been a part of my life. And I was always a bit jealous of large families. You know, I would often tell people that I have no first cousins <laughs> just to give them a sense of, um, you know, really how small our family was. <laughs> Um, so my mom and dad's marriage didn't last very, very long. You know, they, you know, they, frankly, they got married because my mom was pregnant with me and they were young and it just, it simply just didn't work out. Um, so I was maybe four years old. Um, and not long after they separated, my dad moved to another part of the state. So he was about a five hour drive away. Um, but we saw him often, my brother and I did, you know, my dad would drive, here to Milwaukee, um, you know, every Christmas time and every summer. And he would pick us up. Um, you know, he would stop just long enough to load us into the car and drive all the way, all the way back up north uh, the same day. And, um, you know, so we, you know, we certainly, you know, continue to have a very strong relationship with both our mom and dad. 
And um, so while our family was small by blood, my mom had lots of friends. So, and she entertained a lot. We'd have summer parties and cookouts and, you know, every weekend it seemed like there were friends over and, and I really love to hang out with the adults. So I love to hear them, you know, talk their adult talk and tell their stories and listen to their jokes. So, um, you know, I have really good memories of, of hanging out with, with my mom and her friends when I was a kid. Um, and of all those friends, you know, over, over the years, um, there's really just one couple with whom both my mom and dad have continued to have um, a friendship. And that is um, Mike and Kathy S. Um, and my mom met um, Mike S. when she was in high school. Um, I think Mike attended a rival, a rival high school in a town nearby, and he was dating another friend of my mom's. <laughs> Um, and they too got married and divorced after a short period of time. And, um, and then, um, several years later, you know, Mike S remarried, um, and they have three children. And I remember, actually, I remember attending their wedding. Uh, I was about 10 years old, I think both my mom and dad were there and, and my mom was, or my dad was, um, Mike's best man. So I did spend lots of time with um, Mike and Kathy over the years. You know, there were many times when my dad came to town to visit instead of driving all the way back to his house. We just spent a few days with him and we stayed at Mike and Kathy's house. Um, and then I would even spend a week on my own during the summers um, at their house. They lived on a lake. Um, and after, you know, their first son was born and then their second son you know, I just love babies and I was happy to spend a few days at their house, you know, playing with their boys. Um, you know, the oldest one I think is about 11 years younger than me. And I think their middle child came about three years after that. Um, but I adored Kathy and I have called her my second mom for, for years. And she calls me her second daughter. Um, but we'd, you know, Aside from playing with the kids, we'd spend time on the lake, you know, tubing. You know, Mike tried to teach me to water ski and Kathy tried to teach me to sew. And I just have a lot of fond memories of, of spending time with them. Um, and I don't, I don't know exactly how many summers I did that, but um, they moved out of state, you know, um, after a period of time. And uh, I was about 21 and I remember I went to visit them um, in the state that they had moved to. And uh, Kathy was pregnant with their third and last child at that time. And that was the only time I visited them um, while they were living out of state. Um, but after a few years, they did move back to Wisconsin. And of course, we've continued to stay in contact. You know, my husband and I have a big party at our house in July and they would come over and they would invite us to their big friends and family get together in the fall. And, you know, some years we'd see them more often than than others. Um, my dad now, who's been living out, of, out West since 1992, I mean, still whenever, you know, he comes to town, his, you know, his home base is Mike and Kathy's house. He stays with them. And, um, you know, so whenever my dad is visiting, of course, you know, I see Mike and Kathy then too. Um, they also live close to Kathy and Mike do. They also live close to my mom and stepdad and the four of them socialize often. So they're often, they're often getting together, going to dinner or out to movies. And, um, I've been, I've been married. Um, I was married once and I'm married to my husband, Dan, and both times, you know, Kathy and Mike were at the wedding, of course. And, 
um, along in the room with me before I walked down the aisle, it was Kathy. It was my second mom. Um, so they're the one couple whose, you know, friendship has persisted, has endured all these years and, you know, who have continued to be in my life. Um, so I thought I'd switch now to how I, how I found out I was an MP. Okay. Um, so Christmas of 2018, I received in you know, one of those dreaded DNA tests. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'd asked for one. <laughs> you know, I've seen the ads, like we've all seen the ads and, you know, trading, you know, I traded in my leader hosen for a kilt and I always have to flip the bird when <laughs> TV the bird whenever I see that ad because, you know, it's um, certainly uncovered a lot more than that, as we yes. know. Yes. Um, so, so again, that was Christmas of 18 and, you know, I'd been curious about my heritage and, um, I thought maybe at some point when I had more time, I would build a family tree and I had already collected some information on both sides of my family. Um, so I did that test probably early in 2019 and I remember getting the results back and, you know, there really wasn't anything that stood out. Um, I wasn't as Scottish as I, I thought I should be. Um, but I knew there were some, you know, some limitations with those tests and how accurate they are based on, you know, certain regions and, you know, where different peoples have immigrated to or from. So I really didn't think anything was necessarily off. And I pretty much set it aside and um, didn't think much about it. Um so fast forward to mid-February of 2020. So Dan and I, my husband and I are hosting some family. It's my mom, my stepdad, my stepsister and her partners and her children. And we're just chatting. And my stepsister mentions that, you know, that her sister took one of those DNA tests. And I said, oh, I did too. Um, and we were talking about it and I started to look on my phone, you know, for the email that they send that has your results and I couldn't find it. <clears throat> and my dad, you know, my, my husband, you know, said he'd help and he took my phone. And so he's looking through it and, and he found it and pulled it up when we were looking at it. But he also said, Hey, there's a, you have a, you have a, you have a match. <laughs> and, and you know how that goes, Lily. I, I said, Oh, another third or fifth cousin. Cause that's what mm-hmm. they always are. Um, and he said, he said, no, he said, this one says she is either, um, a great niece or a first cousin. I'm like, well, I don't have any first cousins. We've already talked about that. (laughs) And I, I certainly wouldn't have a great niece, you know, given the ages of my nieces and nephews. Um, and then he said, and one of the names in her family tree is S. And S is Mike S's last name. So I'm just a little confused, as you can imagine. And I'm sitting there with my husband and my mom and other family. And um, this is kind of funny, but I can't not tell this story without telling this part. But my, my husband turned to my mom, my mom, Lucy, <laughs> And he said, Lucy, you have some splaining to do. <laughs> um, and of course, now knowing what I know, um, you know, it, it's funny, not funny. I think I can laugh about it now. I don't know if she'd think it was very funny. Um, but that was um, that was a Saturday evening. And, 
you know, it wasn't long after that, everybody left. And, you know, Dan said to me, he said, you know, your mom acted a little strange after, you know, we had that conversation. And I didn't, I said, I didn't really notice. Um, but I was, you know, quite, you know, in, confused, if not intrigued by how we could possibly be related to the S's. It's not a very common name. And I couldn't imagine it was coincidental. And my husband and I talked about it a little bit that weekend. And, you know, I just said, I don't have any clue how we could be related. Um, you know, but of course my suspicions went to my, right to my dad. I'm thinking, all right, you know, they were all friends. Does Mike S have a sister or a cousin or, mm. you know, there was something going on there and there's, there's another child out there <laughs> that's that, that, and this woman is related to, to that child. And, um, but I was, you know, I was determined now to find out. <laughs> so on Monday, I'm on my way to work and I gave my brother a call because I'm like, well, if I'm related to the, to the S's, he is related to the S's too. <laughs> I'm going to see what he thinks about all of this. Um, so I called him and I, you know, I told him what we found out and, um, I said, wouldn't that be crazy if we were related to the S, the S family? And, you know, he didn't say anything. There was kind of a long pause. And my brother said, yeah, he's like, they're a great family. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's kind of a weird response. <laughs> so I hung up and now I'm thinking, okay, what does he know now? <laughs> and am I the only one that doesn't know? And um, by now I'm at the office and I call my mom and um, in part to finalize plans that we had for the following sun, uh, Sunday because we were going to a play and out to dinner. And um, in part, of course, to find out what she knows because now this is getting a little ridiculous. <laughs> um, so I don't recall what I said exactly, but you know, I asked her what she thought it was all about. And um, she simply said she didn't know. I said, well, I'm going to call my dad. <laughs> and seconds after uh, we hung up the phone, my mom sends me a text and it says something like, um, please hold off on talking to your dad. And now I'm, and now I'm like almost feeling a bit of a panic, like, oh no, you know, what, what happened? <laughs> you know, what's, what's going on? I'm just, you know, I'm not understanding. And, you know, Maybe it does have something to do with my dad still, but um, now I have to wait until I see her because now I feel like, okay, it's Monday, it's week, and um, I'm just going to we'll take a break. We'll, we'll talk to her on Sunday. So um, with great anticipation of uncovering this family secret and now feeling somewhat worried, um, I waited till Sunday, February 23rd you know, tickets in hand to uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. <laughs> um, my mom, she met me at my house. So we left together to have dinner and had a glass of wine at the bar before going to our table. And I'm anxious and we get settled in and we order another glass of wine <laughs> and we order dinner and the soup comes and I just, I, I can't take it anymore. So I asked her, I'm like, I just asked her, I'm like, okay, so what is this all about with the S family? And um, she took a deep breath and she started to get a little teary. And um, she said something like, 
um, perhaps there are things that it's better you just didn't know. And again, my, my heart sinks and my mind is racing and I'm thinking the worst. And I think, oh my God, I said, this is terrible. I said, was, was she sexually assaulted by a member of this family? And does she have another child out there? <laughs> you know, still all along thinking that it wasn't what it actually was. Um, but then she takes a deep breath and she says, my guess is your father. So now I'm reeling and she's crying and I'm trying to tell her it'll be okay. And in my head, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, mom? It's <laughs> the only thing I could, I could think to, mm -hmm. to say that out loud, but in my brain, um, just, um, I'm, and I'm floored. I'm 53 years old and I'm finding out that my dad, the man who raised me is not my father. And this other man, you know, this other man who I like very much, <laughs> um, he is. Uh, so during this conversation, you know, I found out that um, my dad um, is not my biological um, father. I also find out that he has always known that I'm not his biological daughter. Oh, wow. And um, I ask my mom if Mike S. knows, and she just shrugs her shoulders, and she says, I don't know. She said that they had never talked about it, which is so strange because they've had this sustained friendship, you know, all what? these years. Yeah. <laughs> so um, she tells me she hopes that, she thinks that she hopes that this doesn't make me think differently about everyone. And, you know, and I'm trying to assure her cause she's, you know, obviously very upset and immediately I say, you know, no, of course, of course not. <laughs> but I also say, well, wait, no, wait a minute. Yeah, it does. It, it, I feel differently about Mike now. <laughs> um, because I feel like, how can I not? I know this is hard for people who are NPEs to understand, but I think it doesn't matter whether it's somebody that you've known or it's a complete stranger. It's sort of like you revert to this like childlike state, and you think, "Well, this is my this is my dad. Um, this person should love me." <laughs> Sorry. And you want to reach out and you want to know. And um, I wanted to know. So I knew right then that I wanted to know what he knew, if he knew. So um, somehow we, we do get through dinner. <laughs> and, um, you know, my mom makes it clear does it, she doesn't want her secret to be out. And in that moment, in that, you know, like earth shattering, life altering moment, I said that I would do what I could. But you know, I told her that I connected to this, this woman and his family, and I'm not the only one that knows. And I don't know who she is telling, but she could be telling the family at this very moment. And, you know, she ought to be prepared for this information to come out. Um, so somehow we get through the play too, but as you can imagine, um, that wasn't easy. So, you know, not easy, even a transsexual rock musical. <laughs> take my mind off of what I had just learned no, about gosh, myself. No. Oh, how terrible. Um, 
It was a good. It was a good show. What I remember. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yes, please. <laughs> Something distracting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh gosh. So we get back to my house, and you know, I sit. I say goodbye to my mom, and I sit down on the couch next to Dan, and for the first time, I said, you know, I said those words. I said, my guess is my dad. <laughs> And my husband is amazing and he, and he has been amazing and so, so supportive through all of this. And I really, I don't know where I'd be without him. <laughs> oh. um, so, you know, after this evening, I know my dad is not my dad. I know he's always known I'm not his child. I know who my biological father is, but I don't know if he knows I'm his daughter and my dad doesn't know that his friend of over 60 years um, is the biological father of his child. Um, so my mom, you know, did confirm that as well during our conversation. Yeah. So your birth certificate father knew you weren't his, but he didn't know that you were Mike S's. Right. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Oh. So I think, yeah, and I'll get to a little bit more of that story too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so what my journey has been like so far, you know, is, um, as you know, you have dealing with all these emotions, you know, reeling and feeling devastated and confused and anger starts to set into, and, you know, it's that instant where you feel like, um, everything has changed. Yet, you know, nothing has changed. And it's this odd sort of limbo that you feel like you're in and you're not, at least for me, I just wasn't, I mean, I knew I had to do something and I had to move forward. And I knew that moving forward did not involve not addressing what was going on in my life in the situation. So um, I... You know, I never suspected, I guess is like, I guess another a good thing about my story. And I've heard other MPEs express how they always felt like something was wrong. You know, they always, they were treated differently or they didn't look like their family or they just felt like they didn't belong. And I was completely, you know, um, taken off guard because I, you know, never felt that, you know, I, I was felt loved and like I belonged. And I looked a lot like my mom and I didn't not look like my dad. And when my brother and I were little, we were sometimes mistaken for twins because we were so close in age. So this was a complete shock. And I spent the next, next several weeks in this state, you know, with all these emotions. And I found that I couldn't look in the mirror without searching for Mike's face and mine. And I pulled out all the photos I had of Mike and Kathy and their children trying to see the resemblance. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I became, you know, somewhat obsessed with finding out if he knew. Um, and even though my mom made it clear that she didn't want anyone to know, I found that I, I couldn't hold her secret. And I know some MPEs can relate to this, but I felt a little bit like a bull in the china shop. I had this overwhelming need to share, if not overshare, this really personal information. And I, you know, of course, after I told my husband, I told my closest friends. I remember calling my friend Jen and, you know, she, like most of my friends at one time or another, they've all met Mike and Kathy and, but she couldn't exactly remember what, 
you know, he looked like, and she asked if I had a picture, a picture of him. So I texted her a picture and she said, well, she's like, you look so much like your mom. Anyone could be your dad, (laughs) which I thought was kind of funny. And (laughs) so it's pretty true. I do look a lot like her. Um, so in the days that, uh, so as the days and weeks went by, I found myself sharing this news with the woman who cuts my hair and one of the trainers at the gym, and a few close colleagues. And <laughs> I just felt like I was searching for, you know, something in their reactions. Um, yes, yes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, like, um, you know, I was, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what I was, was looking for, but, um, I can tell you though that everyone I, I did tell has also been amazing. Um, no one has told me, "Well, this doesn't matter." You know, your dad is still your dad. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what do you care? <laughs> um, I didn't get any of that, Lily, and I'm so grateful to my mm-hmm. friends for their compassion and their understanding. And I just feel like they really, they really got the weight of this issue and how important it was. And you know. Um, they've, they've been, they've been wonderful. So, um, anyway, um, so I found the Facebook groups and Lily, I found your podcast, which has been so wonderful. And I found a really good counselor and other resources. And I was, you know, happy not to be alone. And, um, but I continued to struggle, you know, certainly struggle simply with the knowing, um, and then having been, had been lied to, um, you know, I struggled to connect with my mom and we've really only had just a couple conversations on the topic, you know, since, and, you know, she has said that she doesn't want to discuss it. And I know that we will ultimately be okay. And I know that she was in an impossible situation. Um, but at some point I stopped being the little girl who needed protecting and, you know, I became an adult, my own person who had a right to this information to make my own decisions about what to do with it. Um, you know, and at some point she was only protecting herself. Um, and frankly, you know, I think we, we both have some shit to work on though. (laughs) So, um, interesting side note, how, you know, pervasive the, the NPs and maybe it's just because they were so connected to it. We see NPs everywhere, right. And books and movies and films and other people. And, but, um, my best friend from high school has always suspected that, well, not always for about 30 years has suspected that her father is not her father. And the very same week that I found out my NPE status, she also confirmed hers. Oh gosh. <laughs> you know. Oh, And her journey has been taken, you know, a very different turn, but, um, you know, so I even have, I have a friend and an NP. (laughs) You have someone that gets it, that you can connect with. Yes. Yes. Same. Yes. Yeah. So in the days after finding out, you know, I thought back to the conversation I had with my brother and, you know, how I I told you, I thought his reaction was so weird. (laughs) I thought perhaps he knew something and you know, he and my dad are pretty close and they both lived in California for, you know, several years. And I thought, well, you know, my dad knew, so maybe he told my brother. (laughs) Um, So I called him, you know, not, you know, called him to ask him without revealing what I knew. You know, I said, remember that conversation we we had, you know, last week or whatever it was. Um, I said, do you know anything about that? (laughs) I was really stern with him. I was this big sister. 
this is really important and I need you to tell me the truth. <laughs> and um, he promised me he didn't. He said, I really, I don't, I have no, I have no idea. And I just left it at that. I said, okay. And I hung up the phone. I didn't talk to him about it. Um, at least not yet. Um, so I continue, had this, you know, one goal, you know, in mind. Well, in addition to finding out what Mike knew, really, my mission became, you know, I want everyone to know and I want everyone to be okay. Um, but I wanted to do this right. I had to stop telling everyone <laughs> I needed to figure out you know, my next steps. Um, and I continued therapy, which was also helpful in this process. You know, I was binging on, you know, the stories of other NPEs and, you know, my husband continued to be, you know, my rock. He was so supportive and, and really my brother also, he, be, he be, became my ally. Um, I finally do tell him what I found out. You know, well, I tell him at least that I found out that our dad is not my dad. And he immediately assures me that this change is nothing, that he loves me. He's there to support me no matter what, you know, all that matters is my well-being. Um, and during one of our many conversations, you know, he asked me if I knew the identity of my father, but he said, you know, if you're not ready or if you don't want to tell me, you don't have to tell me. Um, and I really appreciate that too. I mean, that really meant a lot that this really was about me, <laughs> you know, not about this other person. Um, so in, you know, in that moment, I, I told him that I did know, um, but that I wasn't quite ready to tell him yet. Um, so by May of 2020, I did, I find the courage to send an email to Mike. Um, and it, it goes unanswered, <laughs> which drives me crazy. And several months go by, I can't really bring myself to call him, you know, and all this time too, Lily, I'm not sure if Kathy knows, um, you know, even if he does know, I don't know if she knows. And if they both don't know, I don't want to be the one to tell her. <laughs> so I'm having anxiety over, you know, how to reach out to him. I don't want to send a letter. You know, I don't want to call. I don't actually I don't even have his cell phone number. So, um, so I don't do anything. And several months go by after I send that email. Um, but after some time, I, I, I do have, uh, hatch a plan. <laughs> so I have, I had some things for Kathy. Um, a friend of mine had a bunch of old, large wooden cigar boxes. And she, um, I thought that my stepdad, they were just laying around and, um, my stepdad, who was an artist and had been making some, you know, 3d works of art out of, you know, smaller cigar boxes. You know, I thought, well, I bet he could do something cool with these. And she said, yeah, take them. <laughs> so, um, I took a few and I gave them to my stepdad and, you know, one day he, he called me and he asked me if I could get my hands on some more of those cigar boxes that Mike and Kathy had been over and she's very artsy too. And she had mentioned that, you know, she had a few uses for those if I could get any more, you know, so I said I could and I did, um, you know, and then I sent a text to my stepdad. I said, Hey, I have those cigar boxes, you know, if you want to come get them and next time you see Kathy and I'm like, Hey, wait a minute, <laughs> this is my opening. This is my opportunity. I, I can, I can deliver these to Kathy and I can see Mike and I can figure out a way to talk to him. <laughs> um, so on, a, it was a Saturday in October. I think I, I called Kathy and I told her that I had these boxes and I asked her if they were free the next day to, uh, 
join us at a beer garden. So, you know, this is the heart of the pandemic and there are a lot more outdoor venues, you know, popping up around town and, um, as luck would have it, it was perfect timing. They were available. They were headed into Milwaukee to the airport to pick up their daughter and they were happy to meet us. We met and the plan that I hatched with my husband was that we would, we would have a beer and I would, I would keep an eye on Mike and his consumption and keep up with that. And when we were done with the first round, hoping everyone was up for a second, that I would time it so that I would offer to go up to the bar with Mike. And fortunately, that's exactly how it went down. Hmm. Um, we walked up to the bar together and I think I just came out. I think I just came out and said, I said, so my mom said, you're my dad. <laughs> um, you know, simple as that. And he replied something like, oh, yeah, why would she say that? <laughs> um, and I don't know. I think most of what I said after that is a little bit foggy and probably not all that coherent. But, um, you know, I mentioned the DNA test and I told him I had sent him an email and he said he didn't get it. And I mentioned that my dad knew and he confirmed that he knew. He confirmed that he knew he was my biological father. Really? Or at least that he had suspected that, that he was. He confirmed that Kathy also knew, um, but his kids did not know, and he didn't see a reason for them to know. Um, he also said that my dad had confided in them some years back that he was that you know he was not my biological father. Um, and you know, I just kind of remember hugging him, and um, and then I remember him asking me what it felt like to be Polish. <laughs> which I thought was funny too, <laughs> but, you know, funny and weird. I think, you know, obviously I caught him off guard and um, I'm sure he never expected he would have this conversation with me. Um, so we walked back to our table and we visited some more and we drank our beer and had this surreal, you know, but for me, everyone else, it was normal, normal. Right. For me, it was like, OK, here I am <laughs> with my dad and my half sister <laughs> having a beer like nothing else is going on. Oh. And, um, you know, we're kind of wrapping things up. And my my half sister says, hey, you guys are going out for Mexican food. Do you want to come with us? <laughs> I'm like, sure. Why not? Let's all go have some tacos. <laughs> this is normal. <laughs> <laughs> So there I am, you know, sitting across from my my bio dad, his wife, my half sister, having spilled what I know, uh, knowing now that he knows and has known, knowing that he knows that I know, <laughs> knowing he hasn't had a chance to tell Kathy what I just told him, but that she has also known, and that their daughter doesn't know. <laughs> mm. So all these all these knows, and you know, we have this nice dinner. You know, it's you know. Much like the evening at the musical, you know, with my mom, my head is sort of spinning and it's all just so real. And I love this family. And I didn't know in that moment if kind of, well, this is it. This is how it is now. This is how it's going to be from now on. You know, this is my new normal. You know, my heart was still so heavy. And I was, you know, kind of wondering, is this it? Is this really what happens now? Oh. So after dinner, you know, we all hug goodbye, just like normal. <laughs> and I get in the car and I bawled all the way home. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
you know, I just, you know, I had answers, but now I had more questions too. And, you know, I guess, you know, I'm just feeling not satisfied with this. I still had my mission in mind. I still had, you know, I want everyone to know and I want everyone to be okay. And I, you know, I wasn't sure that that would be achieved. So, um, I did hear from Kathy, you know, I, I have Kathy and I have, you know, we share, you know, we have each other's phone numbers. So, you know, whenever we would get together, it was her that would reach out to me. And, you know, she did, I think, text me after we'd gotten together and mentioned how nice a time they had and how good it was to see us. Or maybe I sent the first text. I don't know. But, you know, we corresponded after that. Um, and then I was a little surprised, you know, a few months uh, later, she, you know, called and or text and she invited my husband and I to join her and Mike in Mexico um, the following February. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't make it. Um, but you know, I think what had happened is, you know, they they were going with their oldest son and their daughter. Um, and I think their daughter initially planned to stay in the condo with them. Um, but her plans changed and she was still going, but she found other accommodations. So Mike and Kathy had an extra room. And um, I think we were just one of the couples that they asked. I'm sure, you know, I think they approached my mom and stepdad too. Um, and, you know, and they couldn't go, but, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, have a week in Mexico in a condo with them. I know we would have talked then, right. I know it would have, we would have had to, you know, there'd been no way not to talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so at some point, and I don't recall exactly when, and it may have been before I told Mike that I knew I did tell my brother that Mike um, was my, my bio dad. And, you know, I asked him what he thought um, and he paused for a moment. He, he said, he said he thought, sorry, that I had two really great men as fathers, (laughs) which was really nice. (laughs) It was really nice to hear. I think so too. (laughs) Oh, so that um, following May, my brother's daughter, my niece was graduating from high school and my mom and I would be going to Florida to celebrate and my dad would be there too. So there were two things like I felt like I needed to to do. Um, first, I needed to let my mom know that I had talked to Mike and that he knew because remember she had told me that she didn't know if he knew or not. <laughs> um. And, you know, and since then, my mom, I think we maybe had one sort of strained conversation and I did share with her my mission. I did tell her that it was my mission for everyone to know and everyone to be okay. And she thought I was being unrealistic. She didn't believe that was possible. She feared that her relationship with Mike and Kathy would change. And she feared that um, if my dad knew it would ruin his relationship with them too. And I just felt like she was protecting herself and I couldn't believe that. I didn't, I didn't believe that after all these years of friendship that anything would change before I knew Mike knew, you know, in the end he has known and it hasn't changed their relationship. They still love her. Mm. So, you know, proving her wrong. (laughs) Um, But the second thing I felt like I needed to do was to tell my dad that I knew Uh, Well, I need to tell him that I knew that he wasn't my biological father. And I knew that if he asked me, 
if he wanted to know, I knew I would have to tell him that it was Mike because I didn't think it was fair. I didn't think it was fair that everybody knew everything now except him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the, the one other person besides me who really deserved to know. Um, and I, you know, I just knew my dad well enough and I knew his love for me, his love for Mike and Kathy was strong enough. And by now, 54 years have passed. I mean, my mom and dad have been divorced for about 50 years. (laughs) I just couldn't imagine um, that this would change how everyone felt about each other. Um, So in April, I did finally tell my mom that I had talked to Mike. I told her that he knew and that Kathy knew too. And I did hope that it would allay her feelings, you know, that this, you know, that it would change her relationship with them. Um, I had to admit, so, I mean, I, I waited six months to tell, tell her Lily and I have to admit that part of me was like, eh, I'll just let her stew for a while. I waited for 53 years, mm-hmm. you know, so what's six months. And she, and I, she was a little mad. She was a little mad at me that I waited so long to, to tell her. Um, but as soon as I brought up, um, how long waiting is, um, she, she stopped what she was saying. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, (laughs) they love her anyway. (laughs) So during all this time, you know, no one, no one has changed what they do. My mom and stepdad, Mike and Kathy continue to spend spend time together. Mike never mentions to my mom that we had had our conversation, um, you know, and everything is normal, normal. Has it always been? Um, So what about the siblings? Yeah, well, um, we we do get to that. <laughs> they they uh, they they do know now. I think as of only a couple of days ago, the middle um, son does know. Um, but um, in the week or two uh, before our trip to Florida, I, I called my dad. I needed to tell him, you know, that I knew, and that was the next step in the process. And um, I didn't want that hanging over us while we were together in Florida. It was a very emotional call. And he said he always thought that I would be raised knowing that he wasn't my biological father. He always thought I had the right to know, but my mom didn't want to tell me. Um, He even said that in my 30s when I was having some health issues, he approached my mom again and thought that I should know um, who my dad was. And she said no. So granted, I mean, he could have told me, he could have told me, he didn't know it was Mike, but at least he could have told me he wasn't my dad and he didn't. But, um, you know, it's hard to, you know, you know, after you keep a secret for so long, right? I think it's hard. (laughs) Anyway, my dad did give me a bit more of the story on that call, you know, and and over the next few conversations we had, he said that my mom had written to him or called him or maybe both, um, to, to break up with him, you know, cause she had been living, they've been living in opposite ends of the country. Um, my mom was five months pregnant. She contacted him to break up with him. And according to my dad, um, my grandparents were going to send her, uh, somewhere to out of state to have me and give me up for adoption. So my dad said he loved her and it didn't matter. And he wanted to marry her. And my mom made my dad promise that he would never ask about my true paternity. So I can't help but feel a little bit, you know, Lily, like he saved us, you know. Um, and he told me uh, before I was born that he knew that he could love me as his own. 
So um, fortunately, on this initial call, my dad did not ask if he knew who my father was. Um, so I didn't have to tell him. And I'm glad for that because it was emotional enough. We had already, you know, <laughs> covered enough bases for that call. Um, in the end of May, my mom and uh, I traveled to Wisconsin. My dad travels from Colorado to Florida to celebrate my niece's graduation and my brother, my ally. He's there to support me and the three of us, my brother, my dad, and I have breakfast and I am prepared to tell him and to talk more about it. And we do talk about it a little bit, but he doesn't ask. Um, but then the day or two before we're ready to leave, my dad asks again if we can meet for breakfast. And one-on-one, um, -on -one, we continue the conversation we'd been having about what was going on with him, with them, you know, with my mom and dad before I was born, after I was born. You know, and I, I tell him what I've been going through since my discovery and share that while I know that I was loved and that he will always be my dad, I feel like I missed out. I missed out on having more family, more cheerleaders, more people on my team. Um, I missed out on not knowing another set of grandparents, you know, siblings. And, um, you know, he just looked at me. He said, you know, I would have shared you. You know, I would have shared you. <laughs> Oh, so um, then he does ask. He asks if I know who my biological father is. I tell him yes. He asks if I've met him. I tell him yes, and so have you. <laughs> and I tell him it's Mike. And um, well, everything up until this moment has told me everyone will be okay. I still might brace myself a little. A look of utter surprise really comes over his face, and um, I can see the see the wheels turning, and he he sputters a bit about how when I was little, he thought back to who he knew with red hair, since I had strawberry blonde hair as a little girl, but Mike never crossed his mind. You know, he mentioned that he even asked Mike and Kathy after revealing he wasn't my bio dad if they knew, and um, he smiled a bit when he realized their kids are my half siblings, and I could just see it all kind of coming together for him in his head. Um, and I asked him what he thought. And immediately he said, nothing is going to change my 60 plus year friendship with Mike and Kathy. And I'm going to call him as soon as I get back to the hotel. <laughs> oh, so now he's my ally too. And he's mm -hmm. adopted my mission, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. For everyone to know and for everyone to be okay. He thinks, you know, he thinks he, that they should tell, you know, their kids and, um, anyway, um, I guess, you know, my dad goes back to Colorado and that's me and summer is busy and my husband and I are working and we're looking for a new house and, um, you know, we do, we do find a new, a new house and we sell our house in July and in, in August, um, you know, we have a, a housewarming, we have a little outdoor COVID safe somewhat party. <laughs> So we can show friends and family our new house. And of course, we invite Mike and Kathy. Now, it's been about 10 months since um, I told him that I knew he was my bio dad. And we really, and we haven't talked about this subject. And I see Kathy first and I give her a hug and I embrace Mike. And he says, hello, daughter. Mm. <laughs> and I just didn't expect that. I just mm. really didn't know, you know, what they were thinking all this time. I mean, I knew he'd they'd had a dialogue with my dad and, but my heart just melted a little to be acknowledged that way. Oh yeah. So 
for some time, um, my dad had been planning a trip to Wisconsin. And I think even before these relevations, <laughs> had been on, you know, some of them anyway. Um, and I know he had a new sense of urgency to see his friends face and face to face. And I was hoping we'd all spend time together. I was hoping that time would be the time the four of us could get together. So, you know, as usual, he drove to Wisconsin and he went right to Kathy and Mike's house because that's his headquarters. That's where he stays when he visits. Um, we all got together um, the following night for an event, but it was more of a public event. So we didn't really have a chance to talk, but I did get my first photo photo of me with my dad's. <laughs> Um, the next day was Sunday and uh, my husband and I went over to their house to watch the uh, Packer game. And I got my second photo with me and my dad's. <laughs> um, we still don't have a chance really to talk. Um, but, um, you know, the following Sunday, I did invite Mike and Kathy over to our house for the Packer game. And um, after the game, the four of us, um, you know, we, we do sit down and talk and I'm nervous. I mean, what do you say? There's no playbook for this conversation. Um, you know, in that moment, I just felt like this little kid wanting to be accepted, wanting to be loved. You know, I talked about how I felt, um, how this has been for me. You know, I acknowledge the role that they've had in my life. Um, and it's all really just a bit of the, a blur, Lily. I don't remember everything that we, we said, but they did say, say that they were going to tell their kids. And I almost didn't believe this was all happening. So, um, again, I'm I'm a lucky NPE, Lily. I, you know, my mission, you know, is coming to fruition. I'm, of course, nervous about, and they're a little bit nervous too. I think about telling their uh, their kids, and you know, Mike says, you know, you can you can reach out to me. You don't need to go through your dad. So, if there's anything you want to know, <laughs> um, he was just he was just so open and. Um, and he asked, he's like, so, you know, what do you want to happen now? And, you know, I could hardly believe they were, they were giving me this opportunity because I said, well, I'd like to spend more time with you. <laughs> and he said, okay. He's like, so, you know, do you want to be invited to all the family events, the Easter egg hunt, the this and the that? And I don't even remember all the <laughs> events he named. I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Kathy did say she was nervous about telling their kids and um, they weren't sure when that would happen. And it's funny because Mike didn't seem at all nervous. He sort of thought it would be fun. <laughs> I think he said he was embracing this moment. He thought they would all be fine. And and so I said, well, I said, um, you know, you could you could at Christmas, you could tell them that you got them all a big sister. <laughs> and no one really said anything for a second. So I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> I say the wrong thing. And Mike said, yeah, we can have you jump out of a big cake. <laughs> so I was like, oh, shoo, okay, <laughs> this is all right. So just on this past November 7th, I got a Facebook message. And I'm sorry, this is going so long, Lily. We got a Facebook message from... Oh, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> from Mike and Kathy's oldest son. And he wrote something like, so I hear you're more than just a close friend of the family. Let me know if you'd like to get together for coffee oh. or something stronger. <laughs> So this is how I find I found out that at least Mike told him. So um, I, of course, I get back to him and, um, you know, I'm nervous to know what he thinks. But we we do make plans for lunch. And on the 8th um, and in the meantime, on the on the 8th, I get a text message from Kathy and she wants to talk that even, evening. And I'm like, oh, 
okay, maybe it didn't go so well with the other kids. <laughs> what does she want to talk about? We do get on the phone and it was simply to invite my husband and I to join her and Mike and their oldest son to take the train to Chicago to meet their youngest, to spend the day in Chicago, to go to the Christmas market and to go to dinner and take the train back. It's a family tradition that they've been doing for the past few years since their daughters lived in Chicago and they invited us to join them. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) So in the meantime, I, I I meet my oldest half brother for lunch. We have some laughs and a couple of tears. I catch up on his life. He told me, he told me how Mike told him and his sister about me. And he said he was obviously having a good time with it, stringing them along. And he thought it was funny um, after lunch, we hug and I, I said, uh, see you brother. And he said, see a big sis. <laughs> it was very sweet. You know, the following Saturday is the Chicago outing and I, we take the train down there and I embrace, embrace my new half sister. You know, we have a good time bumming around in Chicago and catch a bit of a Christmas parade and have dinner. And it's all a bit surreal. And I'm feeling like it's a bit of an out of body experience and, you know, this is a family I've known all my life and I feel I know them, but I don't know them, not like a daughter or a sister. Their kids are like acquaintances. I mean, mm-hmm. their oldest is, you know, 10 years younger, 11 years younger than me. And, you know, it's not like we're friends, you know, we're friends because our parents are friends. <laughs> you know, I never felt the need to be accepted by them. And I've been this weird place where I feel this need for them to like me. (laughs) Um, So uh, we have gotten together with Mike and Kathy since then, just this a couple weeks ago on December 11th, we had them over at our house for dinner and just the four of us was so nice. We had, you know, some time to talk. We talked about our plans for Christmas and, you know, Dan and I are hosting family and going to other families on Christmas day. And, you know, so we're, we're spending our days, our days, our days are, are occupied, you know, I guess with, you know, family stuff. And Kathy had said that she had hoped that we could join them for part of their celebrations and which was so sweet again, to just to be included, to be asked to join Mm -hmm. them. And I've known for years that their family tradition was to get together Christmas Eve. You know, their three kids, their partners, their grandchildren, I knew that Kathy purchased matching pajamas for everyone. I knew they all opened their pajamas on Christmas Eve and put them on and kept them on all day the next day at their house while the celebration continued. And while I knew we couldn't go, I was happy to be included. And Kathy handed us a gift bag and said we couldn't open it until Christmas Eve. Mm. But she got us the matching pajamas. (laughs) So sweet. (laughs) Oh, so as we were saying goodbye, um, I hugged Kathy and I called her my second mom, like I have so many times. And over the past several months, I thought about, you know, should I refer, you know, should I refer to Mike as someone else? That's someone other than Mike. My dad will always be my dad. Mike's not my dad. But to me, to me now, he's more than Mike. So as I hugged Mike, I told him that I thought he was my bonus dad and that if he thought that was okay, if I referred to him as my bonus dad. and. He thought it was fine. <laughs> so um, they told us that evening that they hadn't yet had a chance to tell their middle son 
So he had moved out of state recently and they just hadn't had a chance to talk to him. They didn't want to do it over the phone. Um, but, you know, he and his family were coming to Wisconsin for Christmas. Um, and they were going to tell him then. And while we weren't able to join them for their Christmas festivities, they wanted to know if we were free on December 23rd, tomorrow night. She was going to see if all the kids were available and they would leave the grandkids at home, but we would all go, you know, out for dinner if everyone was going to be in town. And that's worked out. So I imagine by now they've told their middle son and we have reservations tomorrow and we are meeting them all for dinner um, at a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> so then everyone will know. Everyone oh, the immediate. Know. Okay. Everyone will know. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Catherine. <laughs> and that's the end. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Up to the minute. <laughs> Updates oh. you have, Lily. <laughs> this, and this is why you're the lucky NPE. This is why I'm the lucky NPE. I mean, I my mom told the truth. Growing up, I never suspected I was not my father's daughter. My I found out my dad always knew, so I didn't have to tell him. My husband, my mother, my brother I grew up with, my friends, they've all been amazing. I know and like my bio dad. I didn't have to tell him I was his daughter and just everything that's happened since. I am truly lucky. I I hear, we all hear and read heartbreaking stories and it's not fair. Um, we need these stories to come out of the corners. You know, I mean, I mean, it's a lot easier for me to tell mine because it has so many happy endings, but I hope the more people tell their stories will lessen the shame attached to being an MPE. You know, we didn't, we didn't cause this. <laughs> I wish our parents and our moms, especially were willing to share their stories and find the comfort that we have found among people who are experiencing the same thing. I just want families who are on the receiving end of these discoveries to, to just understand NPEs. We're children in these moments. We're looking for information. We're seeking connections. We don't want to disrupt anyone's life. We didn't ask for this, but we deserve some compassion. We do deserve to know. We do have a right to our medical history. And really, what harm will come to you is your own insecurities. Um, just open your hearts. <laughs> Open your hearts, people, to your NPEs. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> put yourself you. in that person's shoes. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, well said. Catherine, if people wanted to get in touch with you, how could they do that? Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, they can reach me at my email address created for this very moment, the lucky NPE at gmail.com. <laughs> Good luck. Tomorrow night and <laughs> with you. your with your Christmas and being with your your new family now that everything is out in the open with everyone. Thank you. Um, and and thank you so much for sharing this this story today, all of it. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so much, Lily, for everything that that for these for these sharing the stories. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.